Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Another episode of the True Blow LA podcast. I'm Jacob Birch. Eric Steven is with me. Hello. And we're fully into the off season. It's it's weird. I checked my Dodger Twitter list, and I hadn't checked it. I think since right before we recorded uh, you and I last week, just because uh-huh. I needed needed a little time away. You know, not thinking too hard about baseball. I still follow a lot of Dodger people, so I was still getting plenty of news. But my hyper focused, you know, 100 people about baseball list i you know, put on the backside. i would say um anytime you could like get away and like just kind of unplug a little bit that's that's always good yeah uh, I, i'm gonna take some time off around thanksgiving and hope in theory uh i won't be online <laughs> for about five or six days but I, and that's I when never, never shilling will have dinner with andrew friedman <laughs> over thanksgiving and you'll have to hop back on oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. so but that said some news in dodgerland you and i actually recording a little bit later than we have been uh specifically because of qualifying offer news we we had pretty strong suspicions uh this morning but we wanted to make sure both occurred uh we also have a lot of tables shuffling tables chairs shuffling in the front office and the coaching staff we're all gonna we're talking about all those where do you want to start eric 
Um, well, we might as well just go with the qualifying offers sure. since it just sort of happened. So um, there were seven total free agents in baseball that got qualifying offers. Two were Dodgers, uh, Hyunjin Ryu and Yasmani Grandal. Uh, six of those players declined, including Grandal. So um, uh, if he signs elsewhere, the Dodgers get a pick just before the third round. Um, but Ryu accepted, which was sort of always sort of in the – you know, a possibility because as good as he was, he's still very, uh, he has an injury history. Uh, he only, he did only make 15 starts this year. So while they were excellent, uh, you know, that's, it's going to be tough. Like he gets another chance to sort of have a nice, um, solid season and go into a free agency that way. So, uh, that was sort of, um, expected. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and so we we, we kind of talked about this last week when we were trying to put together the the twenty five man roster. We excluded Ryu and Grandall because they were just still kind of out there and technically you know free agents. But so we add Ryu back in. So now they they do have. I mean, look, and, and there's a long time between now and spring training, but they basically have six starters, not including um, Stripling, Urias, Ferguson. Uh, those kind of guys. So um, it's going to be something you have to deal with. Um, but yeah, and then I guess the other thing is, uh, yeah, I don't know, that's that's sort of where they're at now. So those, Ryu's back, 39 players on the 40-man roster as of right now. So there we are. Yeah, and it's a, a rotation that he can be really happy about. You and I talked about with where the Dodgers are right now. You need to think into the postseason. You need to think, what does the starting staff look like there? I think this is one you can be really happy with. And should something unfortunate happen, it's not the worst either. Uh, you had, Like you said, you had all those guys in the back end that all it takes is one of those having kind of like a year like Ryu had this year to feel, again, really solid. Also a thing you can address at the trade deadline should you need be. So I don't. I would be surprised if the Dodgers do anything in the starting pitching market outside of you know some non, non-roster invitees trying to catch a lottery ticket kind of thing. Yeah, I think so too. And then you know, if you look at it, like they basically ran like a six-man rotation, and in, in a way, and not not maybe all at one time, but like the last couple of years, like because um, you know guys have gotten hurt, they've you sort of manipulated the DL like this. So this year, um, six guys made twenty starts, and that doesn't even count Ryu, who made fifteen. So that's kind of crazy. And then uh, two thousand seventeen. Um, well, of course, baseball reference is not loading right now. Oh, yeah. 2017, they had uh, five guys make twenty at least 24 starts, and then McCarthy made 16. Wow, McCarthy made 16 starts last year. That's, <laughs> it seems so long ago. Um, but, yeah, so, like, they they need they're, – they're going to need six starts. The way they sort of aggressively use stuff, um, they're, they're going to – those six starters are all going get, to get their chances in. And as we've seen – most likely like one or two others for sure as well. On the flip side, Yasmani Grindel did decline, as you mentioned. Not surprising, I think, to most fans who <laughs> can look past how the playoffs went and can especially look at how shallow the catching market is. And not even just in free agency, just total. Right. I mean, there's catching is just terrible um, throughout baseball right now. Like, it's there, you know. It's hard finding catchers who hit at all, and that's sort of his strength. He's a good framer. 
and you know, look, he was he was terrible in the postseason, and then couldn't catch a ball to save his life. So I understand why people want to shoot him into the sun. We've talked about this, but he's still going to get a big contract. Like, um, so I mean, what odds would I need to lay you uh, to for Yasmani Grandal is a Dodger next year? Uh, well, Steve, right? I think. Yeah, I think the only way he w- he was a Dodger is if he accepted the offer. Yep, I agree because he's going to get like a four year deal or three year three year big money deal somewhere. Um, so that's going to be like uh, you know, and the Dodgers just aren't going to do that. I don't think because they. Yeah, I mean, look, we can all say you know you counting on this and counting on that, but they have Will Smith and Kyber Ruiz. Um, you know, ready to sort of come up as a catcher. I don't think they can count on those guys for 2019, um, at least not at the start of the season. But 2020 is probably a reasonable ETA to have them sort of be ready uh, in, in some sort of mix with, say, Austin Barnes, maybe uh, still. So um, they need a one-year stopgap. And, like, we talked about this when we were going over the rosters last week. Catching is their, like, you know – uh, red siren, glaring need, like that. That's exactly what they have to do this winter. It's the number one sort of thing, um, um, you know, going to get that catcher. So I think it's a stopgap type guy. Do you have any names that come to mind? This is probably something we'll go into as we get deeper in the off season, as names start to come off the board for other teams on how the Dodgers would address this. Like you, you know, said, it needs to be a guy yeah. that you can sign to one, maybe two years, but almost certainly a one-year deal, or someone that you can trade for that has one year left. Yeah, so like Wilson Ramos comes to mind, but I think he's going to get a multi-year deal too. Um, he was he got hurt at the end of 2016 for the Nationals, um, and but then he sort of came back in the you know missed part of 2017, and then this last year he had a he had a really good year. Um, and so I think he's going to get a multi-year deal, but he's sort of the guy I would think is is maybe they could try to sign, but uh, I don't know if they how short of a term they can get him on. I get the other catchers out there, man. I haven't really looked, but like, you know, uh, I guess everyone you sort of change strategy if you go if you want to go big and think about like trading for JT Real Muto, who clearly wants out in Miami, but that's like um, you know that's you're basically committing to him at that point. But that also puts like putting Ryu, uh, I'm not Ryu, uh, Ruiz and um, Smith on the table as potential trade assets. So uh, I think they have some options there. Um, I, I guess Martin Maldonado, I mean, he doesn't really hit, but it's supposedly like strong defensively. Uh, it's it's really slim pickings. Um, it'd be interesting to see what they do, but they 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 have to do something. Shall we move on to front office and coaching changes? Sure. To talk about? I, I, man, catching, catching, suppressing the talk about makes me think of the playoffs. makes me think of the world series. And then I look at, yeah. I do this. I'm like, Oh, they all get, and I'm like, Jonathan LaCroix. Like, I don't, Oh, I yet. guess, you know what? Yeah. He's another guy who's like, a, you know, his, like you talked about how weird catching is. Like he was like clearly going to be like a multi-year guy a couple years ago. And then he completely cratered and his values like, um, uh, plummeted so i could see him as maybe a surprise one-year guy or you know maybe who knows cool so let's let's start with Parth- uh the only oh, thing before ahead, we move ahead. on uh oh before we move on to the other step uh so adding ryu mm-hmm. um they it puts them like um 
I guess it's a weird transition to this, but it, like, um, no, I think it'll work well because we're going to talk yeah. about Farhan right afterwards. <laughs> right. So like it puts them at like, um, I counted like the, the benefits, uh, which are, we don't really know yet. It's probably around 15 million. That's the same number for every team, but they're, they're like competitive balance tax number next year is roughly 144 million right now. And that's before any of the ARB guys. And I think if you, if you total up all the MLB trade rumors projections for the, the Dodgers have 13 of them. I don't think all 13 of them will be back, but if you total all of them, I think it's like 47 million. So that puts them at like 191. The The threshold this year is 206. We, I know we've talked about this, like they reset last year with the idea maybe they can go over this year because the tax rate's only 20%. But uh, LA Times report uh, came out last week uh, saying that Dodgers uh, were basically like putting out a prospectus to investors saying like, well, here's our plan. We're going to, here's our, what our projected payroll is going to be through like 2022. And all of those numbers were like below the threshold numbers. So they like, they don't, in, in, according to this, like, but, but uh, like what they're telling investors is that they don't want to pay the luxury tax and you know, that's what's going to happen. So that said, Hey, it's a year old document. Like things change, things can change, but uh, you're also you're always going to like butter up the numbers to like make make it look better. Uh, I don't, so I don't, I don't think it's like um, maybe as rigid of a cap. I feel, mm-hmm. I think there is this like probably a desire to stay around it, or or I don't think it's a nest like a. Like if they go over a little bit, yeah, uh, it'll, it'll I think be really can, interesting because last yeah. year it was apparent of how hard that line was. Like yes. just all the yeah. sort of dancing so I, they had to do. But I don't know. I, I think it's it's reasonable to say they're going to be very close to the number, if not below it. So it, it does that put them out of like a a Bryce Harper type, maybe. But they can also they like I said, thirteen arb guys. You probably have to move people around, which means finding a taker for Camp. Um, possibly trading Puig. I know, like every, I think a lot of things are on the table. We talked about this. This could be a wild off season. It could be a a weird one. So I, I don't. These numbers are like fluid at this point. But that's just where they are yeah. with the luxury tax now, and with with a lot of sort of still moving parts. So yeah. we'll see and how that we goes. We can't say, oh, you know, let's say they don't sign Harper. You can't say that. Oh, look, they're sticking to the luxury line. There's still like there's a lot of reasons why you might not sign Bryce Harper, and it's not just sticking to that. That's sh- certainly a consideration. But I will be more interested as the off season sort of slows down, how close to the line they get, and and any trade candidates because it was such a big thing that we were bringing up all the time with every trade consideration was. Um, with the Machado trade, like how long do they have to wait before they can actually do the trade and make it work with the numbers? And I would hope that that kind of nickel and diming is not not the case, and they can just kind of do whatever they want. But it'll be a, sort of an interesting subplot for the rest of the year. One of the main players behind that plot was Farhan Zaidi, who is not going to be a Dodger next year. Tell us about that, Eric. Farhan, far gone. Uh... They uh, so the general manager meetings were last week. Uh, he wasn't there in in Carlsbad, right? And he wasn't there to start, uh, partly because he was interviewing for the Giants' position. Uh, the Giants sort of had an open spot of um, uh, baseball operations head, which is you know what Andrew Friedman is with the Dodgers, and he ended up getting that job. He got a five year contract, uh, so that's like a big you know. 
that's a big hole. Like a like I think he's going to do well. He's he's pretty brilliant. Like Farhan is pretty great. Um, and it's going to be something that like we still don't know exactly how the Dodgers are going to fill it. I, I saw some reports. Um, Andrew Friedman was saying, um, you know, they don't know exactly what they're going to do. They have a number of guys in house, like. Um, uh, <laughs> um, Josh Burns is still there, um, you know, and then they have other, you know, potential guys. But we'll see how they sort of maneuver. Uh, but, I, you know, that's going to be interesting to see how they sort of um, play that out. But, yeah, so that's that was sort of a big loss. It was kind of like this, um, you know, I think Andrew Friedman said something like he felt like more of an HR manager uh, the last, like, the week or so after the World Series because he was dealing with so many, like um, – employment situations and, and so you know you just add sort of farhan zaidi to the pile um of um you know guys they have to replace uh, you know there was uh i think we we knew chris woodward last week when we recorded i don't remember if we knew turner ward yet we i think we I talked about it last week i don't think we okay did actually Okay, so so Turner Ward accepted the hitting coach position in with the Reds. Chris Woodward managing the Rangers. Um, also, Danny Lehman, who was like the oh, I forgot his his exact title, but it was like basically like sort of like um, man, like communications strategist or something weird. Like um, I I don't have it in front of me, but um, he was sort of like always in the dugout and like. Um, you know, game planning sort of strategist guy. Uh, but anyway, he's he's going to be gone. So they have to replace those guys. And then, like, on a, a different note, uh, someone in their baseball R&D department um, is gone. Um, uh, Esan Bukhari, uh, he was with the Dodgers for the last four years. He left to head the Astros R&D department. Um, so basically an analyst, um, things like that. Like, we, it's, we don't see these guys. Uh, they, I'm sure they have an impact of some sort, but like you look at these, everyone, Turner Ward had left for the same position, but he also left to be closer to his family. I guess his wife is going through some health issues. So Cincinnati's closer to his home. I think he lives in Alabama, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so that was part of that. But every other move was like a, um, a promotion, like Chris Woodward's managing, Farhan moved one step up um, on the pecking order. He's running things in the, with the Giants. Um, Bokari got a, a promotion. Uh, so, like that's like that's a people are you know I've seen both both ways. I, I guess on, on Twitter and stuff, um, you know they're leaving. Uh, oh, they're they're getting raided and all this, but like they're just. Like that's sort of the mark of a good organization, I think. Is that yeah? This is you know this is where yeah, you, one of the rare times where I think football gets it right, where you have this idea of a coaching tree, this idea of if you're it's a sign of success if the people below you move on to great and successful things. Right, and I think also it, it's sort of it's the right thing to do because I guess technically, if someone's with like under contract or whatever, you don't have to let them interview. But like it's it's generally a professional courtesy, especially if you're doing going for a promotion um, that they they let it happen. And the kudos to the Dodgers for sort of letting that happen, especially with Farhan, as as bad of a loss as it was to see him go. Um, you know, um, it's you know it it's it's something they it's the right thing to do to let him interview for that and like give him that opportunity because if you don't if you're not 
constantly like rewarding like look if, if they're not gonna if they have no room to maybe get that position here how are you going to prevent them from getting it elsewhere if they're good enough to do it so i think it's a good it's a good sort of just general way to do things um so that that's sort of a good thing and i, I think it's a sign of like it's not a sign of like sinking ship or whatever it's more of a sign of like a strong like it that shows that they had the right people like basically Okay, I'm going to ask you a bunch of win questions now. When yeah. do you expect the Dodgers to fill? How important is it for the Dodgers to fill that GM position when they have Friedman as the, the president spot going forward yeah, for I, so dealing with the day-to-day and the offseason? It's a, it's a good question. I think – I don't know if it's something they could – so the winter meetings are in like uh, a month. And so I wonder if um, – I wonder if they have it in place by then. I don't know if it's 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 not it's not paramount because like you know Friedman's still there. They have Josh Burns, uh, so I think you don't have to do it. But I think they they probably will eventually fill it. But I don't know if you have to. Like I, I don't. I think they're gonna they take. I think that's sort of the, the way they sort of plan that. And now the most important question with Farhan going, the thing, what's funny, probably the thing we know the most about him in terms of what does he does versus Friedman versus, you know, lower analysts in the organization is who is going to win the Dodgers fantasy football league every year now? Yeah. So I think he's won the last two. And I think I saw a note that he's, he was on a team with Friedman this year. But I think the team name was Team Zidey. <laughs> so, and I think Friedman like addressed that like uh, at the GM meetings after he was hired. So, I think that was kind of funny. But I think I think he's leading right now. But I don't know if they now it's like if Friedman takes over, do they do they allow Zidey to continue to make moves? <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, is he just shut out completely? Who knows? But I, that's that's an interesting subplot. And before we move on from. Farhan and try and wrap things up. You you had a quote that you wanted to pull up uh, regarding him dealing with Boshi. Oh yeah, so you know we you can't like um, we can't go anywhere without hearing the last few years like oh the Dodgers front office is really running things. They're pulling the strings. They they set the lineups, uh, not Roberts. And I, I think that's nonsense. Uh, I think people don't know what they're talking about. There's definitely conversations back and forth. But it's not the front office calling the shots. Um, that said, uh, it, this was addressed in Zaidi's sort of introductory uh, news conference, and they asked him about his relationship with Bochi, Bruce Bochi. And uh, uh, here's—I just want to give this quote um, from Zaidi. He said, "Anything that is under the privy of the manager, the manager has final say. Period. That's not even a question for me. I think that's basically his." Like it's been that's been his attitude for like the last four years. Every time I've talked to him about it, every time I've seen him like interview about it, and like people don't want to believe it, I get it, but whatever. That's that's sort of where we are. But that that's sort of more the truth than people want to believe. So on that note, I think the last bit of news we had to talk about is the Dodgers' sort of ongoing question mark negotiations with Dave Roberts. Yeah, like they're like. This is one of the more, I mean, I know, look, they've been busy, obviously losing Zaidi um, and, and, you know, dealing with Kershaw and all this other stuff. But at the same time, it's still kind of a joke that Dave Roberts doesn't have his long-term extension yet. <laughs> they, uh, they, they had a deadline last week of, 
his uh, option for 2019. So they went ahead and exercised that with the with the theory that they're still going to be negotiating for a long term deal. But the fact that he doesn't have it yet, I think, is ridiculous. And I know people uh, thought he was the worst manager ever and cost him the World Series. Um, but that's that's BS. Um, so his track record is is excellent. Um, he in uh, the beginning of just before 2016, four managers were hired that offseason. One was Don Mattingly, who went to the Marlins from the Dodgers. He signed a four year deal. He was an experienced manager at that point. Um, the three other managers signed all had no managerial experience. Uh, one was Roberts. The other one was um, the why? Oh man, why can't I remember the guy? Andy Green in San Diego, and um, and then um, Scott Service in the, with the Mariners. Mar- um, Andy Green, Scott Service, both got contract extensions this this regular season, and neither of them made the playoffs yet. <laughs> all, all Dave Roberts has done is made the playoff all three years. He's won two National League pennants, so it's you know two World Series trips. He has like the six most wins ever in a manager's first three years. It's ridiculous that he doesn't have an extension yet. So, like, um, that's that's where we're at there. I still think it'll get done, but the fact that it hasn't yet is still kind of a joke. But I do think it's going to end uh, eventually get done this winter. Well, we're moving certainly to the winter of baseball, where we'll we have something to talk about every week, but it's a little bare. So I think we'll wrap things up. Maybe you and I will open it up to the Twitter family soon. Yeah, I, I, I think we're we're almost nearing that point where we maybe we take a. A mailbag uh, show or something. But I'm um, gonna I'm gonna fill I'm gonna do a listener question for them. Eric, would you tell us the important dates coming up in the off season? Okay, so we're here. We're recording on what is today the 12th, November 12th. In in about a week, uh, on November 20th, teams like set their 40 man rosters for the the Rule Five Draft. Um, the um, these are guys that if if you're not on the 40 man roster. Um, and you have a certain amount of experience, um, teams can, you know, take you in the Rule 5 draft. They have to keep you on the Major League roster all year or send you back. Uh, you know, it's hit or miss a lot, but it basically like your top prospects with a, re- a requisite amount of experience get called up. In the Dodgers case, like the number one guy is uh, Caber Ruiz. Ruiz. Um, he's still pretty young, but he was signed young enough. Uh, so he's going to be added to the 40-man next week at some point. They're currently at 39. This is what I talked about when they, they have like all these like these 13 arbitration eligible guys. They have like um, seven different pitchers who are out of options. Um, so like there's a lot of like uh, stuff they can clear away on the 40 man in the next. And I think it's going to happen sooner rather than later. The tender deadline for arbitration uh, contracts is November 30th. Um, so that's coming up too. So I think you're going to see a resolution to a lot of this in the next couple weeks. Um, the, uh, the winter meetings are December 9th to the 13th in Las Vegas. I'm going to be there. The rule five draft is the last day of that. So, um, that's, um, that, you know, so it's going to be sort of, uh, all within the next month or so, there's some pretty important dates, but that those are basically the ones to watch for now. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I know you are too, and we'll talk. To, I'll talk to you, and I'll talk to listeners next week. Absolutely, we'll see you next week, and Excelsior. <laughs>